Well, good afternoon. Good, uh, good afternoon, Jeff. Buenos dias. Spanish, isn't it? Hola. Hola. Is it hola? No, we should, we should find out what that is. <laughs> hola. Hola, Jeff. Boeta, <laughs> Jeff. Very good. So, yeah, we've gone international now. The podcast yeah. has gone global. We've, we've moved away from Bristol and from the, the safety of the West Country in the UK. And today we are in Porto. Porto, overlooking the Rio Douro. Rio Douro River. It's beautiful sunshine. We've got our shorts on, sitting outside. And uh, what's the na- what is the name of this place? This is Sandiman. Sandiman. I think I think it's is a a wine. Well, they make port, don't they? they yeah. For 226 years, but something like that. So I've got a nice glass of uh, Founders Reserve Port, and and I'm drinking sangria because that's what I drink when I'm in port- in Spain and Portugal. Very good. That's nice weather, actually. Mm. It's a bit cold this morning, but lovely now. So we should probably explain why we're here. Yeah, it's not every day you just... Uh, I didn't meet you here by chance. <laughs> we are here together. Bit of an extravagant lunch. <laughs> yeah, ex- expensive so flight. No, we're, so we're here for Agile Portugal 2016. Uh, we're, doing, we're doing the keynote talk tomorrow on uh, selling the fluffy side of Agile. We should probably use today to, to talk about what that is, really. Oh, why not? That, that is our focus at the moment, even though it's not, uh, no, not, we're not specifically using these for, as, as, as themed or topic talks, but that's, that's why we're here, I suppose. So, what's the fluffy side of Agile? Well, this is the stuff that we think is important in terms of it's the people. If you look, for me, if you look at the Agile Manifesto, you look at the left, the first, the first statement, inter, individuals and interactions over processing tools. The fluffy stuff for me is the individuals and interactions. It's, it, it's easier to measure the process and the tools. You can get that going. The fluffy stuff is the human aspect of what we do. Okay. And so this, our keynote is really about how do we convince people that that's, a, that's necessary. Yeah, because we both think that's necessary. We do, yeah. We like, strongly I believe that. Yeah. And it seems seems that um, it's very easy for people to talk about and, and sell and understand the sort of hard bottom line metrics. You know, return on investment, cycle time, yeah, um, that kind of stuff. Maybe even velocity. Uh, and management may well be interested in that. And, and to a degree, rightly so. Why do something if it's not going to be beneficial to your organisation? Yeah. Um, but the, the stuff that's harder to measure, you know, morale, teamwork, creativity, um, inspecting and adapting processes, and those kinds of things that are harder to, to measure and quantify and, and, and attach to bottom line improvements. That's something that we believe is is critical to the stickability, the long-term yeah. stickability of an agile transformation. Um, and we, people, people often say to us, you know, it's, it's very hard to convince people that that's important. So yeah, the, the people that believe that it is important find it hard to convince other people that, to, 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 to believe it's important as well. Yeah, yeah. And that's something that we've seen, not just with, you know, in terms of what we talk about, but in terms of what we see in organisations that we coach as well. And it is difficult. Very difficult. How do you? It's, it's, it's yeah. It's, 
it's uh, how do you convince someone to, to do anything it's, it's difficult anyway yeah I think I haven't really got any kind of scientific evidence behind this but I think that, that the bottom line hard metrics if you like people seem to be buying those because they feel they need to um, not necessarily because they want to yeah um, and that need might be you know data's telling them that in order for them to be more responsive or have the right product or be quicker or whatever it may be the data's telling them that they're stupid if they don't adopt an agile approach for that there's also an element of well the, the majority of, of their competitors now are a bit more agile so they kind of have to keep up but again, they judge the competition by the hard benefits. Yeah. It's not very many companies that would want to be as fluffy as someone else. No. They want to be as agile. They want to be as adaptable, you know, as as as, uh, as fleet of foot as they as they want to, as their competitors need to be. Mm. Well, I was chatting to I was one of the people. Well, in fact, quite a few people that I coach have a similar kind of um, dilemma in the they're agile coaches and they're very passionate about agile um, and at BT when we were there the term evangelist was something that was you know, people actually had that as their job title some people did didn't they and, yeah, and yeah. it was agile evangelist that was a both a, a it was a double edged sword in, in a way in that that passion was, was important in terms of bringing people along and talk passionately about why this is valuable why, and, and you could see in their eyes that they genuinely believed it and that helped some people go along with it but some people were really turned off by that that idea of well you're, you're just not even open to the prospect this might be challenging this might yeah. be difficult it might not work in certain circumstances and so this this it's difficult to, to, to try and convince somebody of an argument from a on the soft side of things yeah um, and so one of one of the things that we're we're going to be talking about tomorrow is in, in terms of getting people to want the fluff, the fluffy side of agile, the soft side of agile, rather yeah. than need it. Um, it's not about convincing them. There is an element of needing to be neutral um, and not try and win the argument, but to hear, genuinely hear their concerns, their concerns. meet them where they're coming from, uh, appreciate that even if you don't personally agree that those concerns are valid, they do. Yeah. Uh, and from their perspective, there, there there are some concerns with with an agile approach, and seeing them, working on them if you, if, if they're up for it, but then looking at the, the benefits. What benefits do they see? In agile? Yeah. Not what benefits do you see, but what benefits do they see? And if you can take that objective approach and, and work with them at a, at, a, at a slightly neutral level with empathy, yeah, and model that change yourself so that they can see how it's working, then then you've got more of a chance. Because we, we saw, some, in BT especially, we saw some complete transformations of, of individuals yeah. in, quite, in some quite senior positions, it's fair yeah. to say, that really did, not really through us drilling into them that they must do this, but they were people that weren't, you wouldn't categorise them as evangelists, but they were people that actually tried it, mm. they got some benefit from it, but then they became instantly more believable to their peers because they had tried it and done it. Mm. And they started talking about some of the perhaps more non-measurable things. Yeah. The benefits that they got, the, how happy their teams were or how 
um, how creative people were, 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 were embracing their work and that type of thing. Yeah, I mean, of all the, well, we had a, a wealth of different approaches and techniques. You know, we, we offered people training courses, we offered people coaches, we offered people books and training courses, webinars, um, wiki pages, you know, all sorts of different tools and techniques they could use. Mm. But by far and away, the most impactful we we found was the stories that that co colleagues and peers would tell yeah. uh, of their of their journey. Honest, you know, warts and all. I yeah. was a bit worried about this. This didn't work out perfectly, but actually, it turned out okay. Yeah. Um, and when we asked those people what what tipped them. You know, into actually giving it a try. What what was the the tipping point? More often than not, they said having having spoken to having, having spoken to somebody who'd given it a try themselves. Yeah. And hearing that sort of first-hand honest account, and knowing that there was it was a safe thing for them to try. Mm. That's right. So giving some kind of support by their boss or their yeah. manager, whoever that might have been, the, the people around them to, to have a go and see what happened. Yeah. So we should probably explain as well where um, some of you may on Twitter will have seen Jeff and I a while, probably you know, a while back now, we, we put around a survey. We created a small survey on um, SurveyMonkey just to, we were trying really to um, just make sure it wasn't just us. We wanted to, to very much gather what other people thought about uh, we didn't uh, lead people that way but we're suggesting what are the benefits to a, an agile approach and um, and what you know if we're trying to categorize or at least define what that looks like uh, we wanted a, a number of different um, sources of data so one of the sources of data was that survey um, and uh, and the other, the other one that we used primarily was the the state of scrum report which was produced by the uh, scrum alliance mm -hmm. Um, and that it does, it did kind of back up to a degree, it backed up our theory that a lot of the benefits when we ask people to de actually define it in, in a free form text, a lot of the, the first impressions that people have when you ask anyone what, does it, what benefits does an agile approach give to you, it's mainly around more hard, measurable um, benefits yeah. such as time to market or um, quality quality or delivery or schedules and dates or business value business value yeah because those, yeah those types of things which is and all that stuff's good and I don't think that's ever going to disappear and we're not we're not certainly suggesting that all that should be redundant now but and, and but what we're saying is um, and what this talk about is tomorrow and what Jeff and I firmly believe is that there has to be the right blend there has to be the same a similar amount of attention to the softer benefits that perhaps you can't measure than they should be to the harder benefits that you can. Yeah. Certainly, if you want, if you want to build an agile organisation, or you know, you want to build a a, a learning organisation. Well, forget the word agile, but if you want to build a better organisation, yeah. a learning organisation, you've got to be able to take the hard benefits and also look after the soft benefits as well. And I think that I mean, this isn't something that we've deliberately looked at or, or tried to, to map to but this is where the conversation comes in around an agile culture doesn't it the culture is around the behavior the the values not the not the 
not the hard benefits. You don't have a culture no. of uh, uh, focusing on the bottom line. That, yeah. That's a good thing, but the, the softer, the fluffier side of things is what, what creates it's, Again, it's, when you, if you think about a good company you worked for, you don't tend to talk about the hard benefits. I, I loved working for this company because it, it delivered a lot of business value to the customer. Mm. You talk about companies that are either exciting or fun or cool to work for or did some cool projects or, or you really had a good strong, strong bond with the people you work with. We had a great relationship with your boss. It's, we, we tend to, uh, from a personal perspective, certainly measure success by our own personal benefits that we're getting. Mm. Um, so I think, I think there's, a, there's certainly a tendency to lean towards the, the harder benefits. So yeah, so tomorrow's talk is, is mainly about that. Um, I'll be interested to see what they think. Yeah, we, want to do, we, we, we do try and be a little bit, we try and be inspirational but, but controversial. I think we, we like to at least say, suggest, say what we think. Um, Not for the sake of it, but if there is, you know, we won't, we're not just going to go there to tell everybody what they want to hear. No. Yeah, there's a message that... We, want, we wanted to hit home with this keynote, didn't we, in terms yeah. of getting people to start thinking about... Because it's incredibly hard to sell, I think mainly as well due to the, the kind of um, technological nature, the, the gen generally people are a lot more... Insular is the wrong word. Um, introvert okay. about, about that kind of the human aspect of their role. Yeah. Um, so we're going to try. We're going to try and, and uh, push them slightly outside their comfort zones tomorrow, and see see how people respond. But we think that's. I think that that fluffy side of people's personality is something that we all have. Mm -hmm. But so for some people, it's harder to access. Yeah. Well, some people don't think it's as, it's as important as, as perhaps I, I, myself or yourself think it is. <coughs> There's, there's genuine anxiety around embracing that aspect. There's, there's, well, it's there's vulnerability. Yeah, yeah. vulnerability. It's, it's, it's kind of you know, putting yourself out there. The fear of being personally judged. Yeah, it's, a, um, it's, a, it's an animal instinct, isn't it? That you, self preservation, that if you, if you feel threatened, you're not going to expose your soft underbelly, Jeff, are you? Good metaphor. Mm. So, yeah. Curl up. Curl up like a hedgehog. Or an armadillo. But sangria's kicking in now. <laughs> <laughs> no, you do. I think I think you do you do look after yourself. You look after your yourself rather than anyone else. Yeah. You won't look out for anyone else if you feel threatened. And that's that's all part of the I think that's the hardest part of our job, of anyone's job in any organisation, is to deal with people. With complex complex animals. Mm. So we're going to, we've, got, we've got the talk in the morning and then we're doing a, doing a workshop in the afternoon. We're going to go even deeper in the yeah. workshop. Yeah. So those brave souls, I don't know how many, we've got about 300 people in the talk, maybe 25 people are yeah. brave enough to sign up for the, the workshop exploring yeah. the fluffy side of that. So by the time this year, now that you've heard this, this uh, podcast, those people will have gone through that, that experience mm. and hopefully come out the other side with some... Uh, some at least some confidence, if nothing else, just a bit of confidence to try some of these things out. Yeah. So we're going to be a bit, bit of coaching, some coaching techniques. Some coaching techniques, yeah. Which you can use with people and on yourself. Yeah. So some kind of uh, ways to, to help you recognise or at least empathise with people. Um, a few games, a few um, metaphorical 
examples of how you can put yourself in other people's shoes and, and that type of thing. Yeah. So we're going to do it in triads, right? We're going to do some coaching triads. Yeah. Yeah. Some different techniques. A bit of um, someone being coached. Yeah. Someone coaching. Someone observing. Giving feedback. Um, and that. I mean, I, I'm a bit like a broken record on this. I think you know, much, coaching is a great thing, but you've got to be able to reflect on that and having having some some mechanism in place for feedback slash supervision. I think is yeah. important. Um, very easy to get stuck in your own traps, train of thought, not be able to see what what you're doing, why you're doing it, how you're doing it. So we're going to try and do some improv as well. I think yeah. do some improv stuff as well in the workshop. I think I think the, I've got a good feeling about the, the Portuguese audience. I think they're going to be a lot more open to it than perhaps a traditional British audience. Maybe a little think, bit more reserved. Yeah, we, we like to, we don't like to uh, to show off to with as, as Brits. No, we like to keep uh, you know keeping up appearances, as I say. Yeah, I think I think, I think it's going to be good fun. Yeah, it's been a while since we've been in Portugal, actually, isn't it? We were here so. five years ago. Yeah, for this scrum gathering in Lisbon. Very, very different city. Yeah, Lisbon and Porto. And I think the you know, the, the the actual community is very different now. It's a, it's a lot more mature. If you yeah. Look at some of the the topics that were on there on the schedule last time, and, and what the, what they are now. You can see that they've moved on. Portugal is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of this. It's quite a a lot of UK companies and US companies have offices here. Uh, agile development hubs here. Yeah. Same time zone as the UK, which, which is yeah, advantageous as useful. well. Yeah. Nicer climate usually. Yeah. Definitely. So we're going to introduce a a, ba a simple model really for to help people just think about how they can help influence people um, and influence themselves in terms of. Accessing that that fluffier side, selling that fluffier side, buying that fluffier side of agile. Yeah, well, it's not 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 a step by step process. It's always certainly not a linear model. We're calling it the ramen model, aren't we? It's very based on noodles. It's sort of into. It doesn't look anything like a noodle. No, it doesn't look anything. Like, we, we we're drawing it a bit like a donut, aren't we? But yeah, it, it, it's yeah. You can't. You could straighten out a noodle, couldn't you? But generally, noodles are all sort of interlink they're all sort of messy and go round and double back on each other and things like that yeah they? and this this is a model that you can uh, you can dip into any part of it you might not even need all parts of it no but um it's just the different angles yeah so let's uh, let, for the benefit of the audience let's explain what each each part of that okay. model is so it's R -A -N -E -N. Start with the R. so R. okay so actually we, actually we probably should start i don't know okay let's start with the r so reducing the concerns yeah so this is about, first of all, identifying what concerns we have with the fluffy side or a change. So perhaps we should do an example. So, so, so um, let me have a think. Um, what kind of uh, example of? I've got a concern, my, the fluffy side. We could do the podcast. Yeah. Well, so this, this, the product that we are now speaking on. Yeah. So the, the, we, we weren't completely sure that we, we should do this. Yeah, and we came up with the idea, right? We, had, we needed to convince ourselves that this was a gamble worth taking. Yeah. And uh, no, it's fluffy because it's not, it's not, uh, it's not revenue generating. There's no customer out there demanding it. No. 
Um, something it was a bit of a gut feel, wasn't it? Yeah, it's, 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 people might not listen to it. They might yeah. not like it. Um, there's no topic. There's no agenda. It's very informal. So that kind of all fits into the. And fluffy. maybe some people would say unprofessional. Maybe, maybe. And that that was one of the concerns we talked about, right? Wasn't it? Yeah. Is this unprofessional? And so the the reduce the concerns part of the Raman model would be first of all just listening to what those concerns are, listing them out. Yeah. Quite openly amongst between ourselves. Yeah. And. Uh, seeing what's behind those, so what what what's behind that sort of concern of professionalism? Yeah, um, and you know, we talked about how, given the fact that we're self-employed freelance um, voices in the agile community, and we're always looking for the next yeah. piece of work. Um, if we come across as unprofessional, would you know, would we get work? That that kind of need, but also, what when we say unprofessional, what do we mean by professional? So mm. when we looked at that. Um, and then how can we reduce that? Yeah, and is that valid mm-hmm. you know, for a start? Do we have any evidence to, to, to suggest that actually companies, the companies we want to work with do focus very much on professionalism and do they have the same view of professionalism we do? So we yeah. could look at that um, and obviously we could reduce the risk of that, right? Because this is not live. No, we, we can edit we it. We could edit it. Yeah, and, and we do. We, we do edit it. Yeah. And we could, we, could, um, we could have sent it to some people and got some feedback before we put it out to yeah. the world. And if it was terrible, we could just not publish it, right? Yeah. So we could re- name that concern and we yeah. could reduce it. Yeah, that's true. And then amplify the benefits. Amplify the benefits. It's the A. Yeah. So we, we could look at a couple of different aspects there. We've got the fact that this ties into some of our values. Yeah, so we could name that. Uh, we, we like collaborating with one another. Um, we, we do value informality. We do yeah. value variety and change. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the idea of you know, going to a pub with a mate, talking about something unstructured, yeah. uh, and maybe someone somewhere in the world might find that interesting and useful, that was, yeah. that was attractive to us. And uh, other people are doing this. This isn't, this isn't a totally new trend. Yeah. This is uh, something that other people in our community are doing quite a bit of. Yeah. I know Adam Weisbach does it. I think Lisa Adkins does it as well. Okay. So it's not it's not a new thing from that. It's new for us, but not new for other people. Yeah. And it does get you know the, the, with with social media as it is, it gets our voices, how, however drunk they sound, into uh, lots of different um, people's ears. Yeah. Surely FM. <laughs> yeah. And so there's, yeah. and there's amplifying the hard benefits and the soft benefits. And we're not wishing to go back to, to, to hard and fluffy again. But though, although the, yeah, we're not we're not going to get any revenue out of this. There's no, there's no work that's going to come out of it. So we're not going to focus on that. But if, if if this was something that had some potential hard benefits, we could we could list those. So for us, it was more the soft benefits, the value alignment, um, yeah, the uh, and that we could rather than analyze and critique and monetize yeah. we could visualize so you know we actually talked about just imagine going you know go turn up at a pub just two of us somewhere having a drink talking no pressure no yeah. topic how does that feel and we, we, we looked that through. Yeah, that would be quite nice. Quite like yeah. the sound of that. So, actually, visualising it can it can amplify that benefit. You can Absolutely. actually almost almost feel it now before yeah. it's happened. Yeah. M. M. Model the change. Mm. That sounds profound. Mm. Who? That's a quote, isn't it? Well, it's, it's, it comes it's, from a quote. Yeah, it's part. It's it's. You know, the Gandhi cliche quote of "Be the change you want to see in the world." I mean, yeah. it is a cliche. It's overused, but it is very very true. It's we'll try it, you know. And you said that there are other people out there that are already doing this. 
Um, we, we were kind of doing this anyway, we yeah. just weren't recording, we're recording it. it yeah. um, and so we, we could just look at that, we could look at what other people are doing, the fact that it's, it's, not, it's not that bad, and we could just try it uh, quite safely. Mm. And we, but there's, a, there's a belief that we have to, we believe that this may well actually work, yeah. to, in terms of, you have to believe in the experiment you're running. Yeah. And I think, so I can, I can draw this back to other examples in, in uh, Nokia when I, was, when I was there, where mm. we tried experiments, and some, some experiments that we tried, I'm pretty sure were with people that didn't think the experiment was, or didn't want the experiment to work. Okay. So I think you genuinely have to have a, the opinion that I'm going to try as best I can to make this podcast a success. Yeah, yeah. And, and go at, at it with that attitude. Put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. To be. yeah. Take, jump in with both feet. Yeah. And uh, I want to tie this back to the the more generic view of the model. If you're if you're trying to sell something to somebody, if you're trying to convince somebody this is a good idea. Yeah. Then. Well, let's put it another way. If I went to if I went to buy a car, if I went to buy a BMW car, and, and, and the owner of the, the garage turned up driving a Jaguar, he wouldn't buy it. Right? Well, my, my fair, I'd, I'd certainly be wary. Wouldn't yeah, I? yeah, I'd be of looking, course would be. Yeah. This guy doesn't has believe the opportunity to buy a BMW, but doesn't. Uh, he doesn't believe in this enough. Yeah. Themselves, so he's not modelling the change. He's not. He's not putting his money where his mouth is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the same from an agile perspective. You know, if you're expecting somebody else to to be vulnerable, and, yeah. or you know. Trust, trust somebody. Yeah. You've got to be prepared to do that yourself, and not exactly. not just to prove a point, but to, to to make it seem like it's a no-brainer. You actually genuinely, like you said, believe in what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, so that that kind of modelling the change. I mean, in so in, in the, the middle mi- of this, in the donor, in the centre of the donor. Yeah. Is is uh, the E and the N, which we small kind of, case. Or did we put the uppercase? Yeah, uppercase. Yeah, uppercase. It's important because without. So the E stands for empathy, yeah. and the N stands for neutrality. And without, without being able to empathise with somebody and be neutral, mm. then it's very difficult to have that open conversation. If, so, for example, this this podcast, you know, you're concerned about the professionalism. Yeah. If if you thought that I was my sole purpose was to try and convince you that this was a good idea and to come along with it, I wouldn't be neutral. No. Right? But if you knew that actually, okay, I've got, I've got an interest in it, I think it's a good idea worth exploring, but any decision, yes, no, maybe, yeah. trial period, any decision on, is on the table and I'm okay with all of those, then you'd be more willing to have an open conversation rather than a you state your case and defend yourself against my onslaught. Exactly. And this is, comes back to this evangelist. This is where you can, yeah. we want to try and step away slightly from that, that evangelistic approach to trying to almost brainwash people that this is this I know best yeah. this is what you should do and you've just got to you've just got to believe me just believe me like that kind of double glazing salesman that, that won't leave you yeah. know won't walk away from the doorstep is yeah. that keep, will keep asking you the same question please buy my product please buy my product you really need my product and just trying to just through brute force yeah it's trying it's trying to win that argument and I think that's right I think sometimes we do we do get quite and we can be tarred with that brush as well, as, sure. as, as, as coaches or whatever, that, you know, we're, we're trying to brainwash people into, into a different way of work. It's a rather loud motorcycle. Yeah. Well, if, I, if, if I want you to, to feel comfortable airing your concerns and then potentially, hopefully, effectively admitting that some of those concerns 
might not be valid, mm. uh, might not be real, or can be reduced. Yes. So this is where you go back into the cycle, you go back into the reduction. It sort of underpins it, and it's right. about reminding yourself about this empathy and neutrality. Yeah. Now, you know, I might not, I might not agree with your concerns about professionalism. I could say, oh, don't be silly, Paul. You're worried about nothing. Just get on with it, man up, and yeah, just yeah. do it. Trust me. Yeah. But I'm not hearing you, then, am I? No. So, and you know, then you, you, we're not on the same page. So the empathy kind of works dovetails into that quite nicely then that to be able to, uh, to be more neutral you've got to at least be able to put your, understand where someone else is coming from yeah meet them where they are exactly um, you know establish a sense of objectivity it can't be 100% right because for example you know I, if, I, if it was my idea I had the idea that this podcast yeah. has some potential so I can't be 100% neutral but I can establish my sense of objectivity in terms of you know I'm not in your in your experience Jeff how much with empathy how much of empathy is, is based on intuition is it being able to say, you know, I can tell from your reaction there that you're feeling a bit nervous about this? Or is that, is that, is that a, is that a, I think a judgment or an observation? I think you can work on it. I think, yeah, some people perhaps have a, have a more heightened sense of empathy, this, this concept of emotional awareness, being able to, to sense what people are feeling. But I think it's a, it's, there's an element of conscious practice to it and conscious focus as well. Mm. You know, if you're genuinely thinking about that other person rather than thinking about your argument or where you are mm. you're more likely to pick that kind of stuff up yeah. so if you're in that zone active listening as it would as it's yeah, possibly sometimes called but also it's it's actually in our dna that as as, as the you know the naked apes that we are yeah. we're automatically tuned into we can pick up on facial recognition and this type of you know, yeah. how we perceive someone's um interpreting the situation or yeah. emotionally responding to the situation it's not it's perhaps something you can train yourself at but it's not something that's completely we're, we're completely uh, devoid of to begin no. with no no I, no I think we've we've all got that well not all got that there's psychopaths and sociopaths aren't they that don't have the ability <laughs> yeah, to empathize but the vast majority of i don't the know many of them though uh, well, they're CEOs, aren't they? Aren't they? <laughs> no, seriously. Really? Yeah, studies found that uh, the majority of uh, the, the psychopaths and sociopaths are found in higher proportions at, uh, in CEOs. Seriously? Yeah. Wow, that's quite scary. Yeah. But but they, that's the opposite. But they can of what play you the game. Oh, I see. So they can switch off their emotions. You mean? But they don't. They don't. They don't have that empathy. But they can. Basically, they're more. I think they're more in control of their emotions because they don't really find their emotions conflicting with with others. Right. Um, and they can they can pretend they're, they're like chameleons, if you like. Right. This, Adapt to the yeah. situation. Anyway, that was a bit of a sidetrack. But <laughs> um, yeah, yeah so so empathy. Empathy being the, uh, the, the the core as well as neutrality. Very yeah. good. Okay. So, so we're like, we're gonna yeah walk that through with these guys tomorrow. Yeah, so we'll introduce that in the keynote, and then in the in the workshop we'll give them some some techniques that they can use at the, in those various. Panels. And it, like I said, it's not it's not a linear thing. It's not like you go R A M E N or even no. get the, the neutrality necessarily. It's a backwards and forwards dip in and out. Yeah, and faced with a, a particular challenge or. Yeah, ob- objectively analysing whether this this is worth doing, whatever it is, a new behaviour, a change, a new policy, a process, whatever, then thinking, well, what are the concerns? Maybe that's the focus. Maybe the, there's a lot of anxiety about the concerns or the risks with this. Well, let's let's just focus more on that than the benefits. And one of the big, um, if you like, the big uh, reveal at the end of our keynote is very much not it's about who we're selling to isn't yeah. it? and this is the perhaps one thing that Jeff and I both really did pick up on as part of this research and what and also what the data backed up is that um, sometimes 
we have to really, we've got to take a long hard look at ourselves as, as, as practitioners, even us as trainers and coaches, is that sometimes are we really believing what we're, we're actually trying to sell? Yeah. Are we prepared to buy what we're trying to sell? Well, that, I mean, that comes back to our my car analogy, doesn't it? The BMW yeah. and the Jaguar, and that that was the surprise for for us in the in the survey, wasn't it? Yeah. Where we found genuinely surprised. The, the the people out there that you would consider yeah, the agile because a lot of the people that responded were agile our peers in the community yes. through because we launched these things through LinkedIn, through Twitter. So we expected we, we kind of the agile knew friendly that, people. Yeah, they're 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 not completely um, new to this whole approach, but yes. They, not many of the responses at all. You know, a much lower percentage actually gave us softer, you know, fluffier responses mm. to what 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 was beneficial to them, not just to them, not to them, yeah. to them themselves. Yeah, and it's not just it's not just management that's the problem here. I think I think it's we've got to take everyone's got to take a a fairly close look at how they interact with other people and are they as open to the fluffy side of things mm. as as perhaps they they'd like everyone else to be. Yeah. And on that note, my glass is empty, Jeff. Yeah, I think we uh, should order another one. We should, we should probably. Cheers. <laughs> I, I don't know how we say cheers in Portuguese. <laughs> so we'll, we'll end it there then. Cheers. Cheers. Good afternoon, Jeff. Afternoon, Paul. Lovely day. It's beautiful, isn't it? Lovely day for a game of cricket. Yeah. Good crowd. Yeah. Just uh, the umpires are out at the moment. Not haven't seen any of the players yet. See, have you had a look at the wicket yet? See what the what the picture looks like. It's green. I did. I went down there this morning. Stuck your key in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the key went all the way in, Jeff. Oh, yeah. So it's a bit damp down there. There's quite a few patches of green. Um, it's going to nip around a bit, is it? Yeah. I think Jimmy Anderson will be looking forward to grabbing the new ball this morning. Which end do you think he's going to come in from? What, what, where do you think, what do you think he prefers? Uh, he always likes to come downhill, doesn't he, Jimmy? So he'll be coming in from the pavilion, and I think. The wind behind him. Yeah, he's um, broadly to come up uphill. England uh, restart this morning with Sri Lanka 33 runs on the board, but for three wickets down. Three for 33. So, as Aussies would say, <laughs> and uh, in real, real trouble, the, the Sri Lankans. Marvelous display of swing bowling, that. <laughs> really piss poor record, then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, A few seagulls. 